0: Hey, real quick before I get started, I am adding this bit of audio on before for my podcast listeners, right? This is exclusive to you guys. Over my YouTube channel, they don't hear this. But I just want to say real quick, I appreciate you guys. Unfortunately, because of the way podcast platforms are set up, I don't get to interact with you guys a ton, right? Um, I I just distribute my, my podcast through Anchor, and it sends it out to all these different podcast platforms. But I don't get to hear from you guys as much. And I want that to change. Okay, So I would very much appreciate it if you were listening to me on podcasts on a regular basis because I know my, my reach is, is expanding, which is great to see on podcasts. Send me an email at w23mat at gmail.com or uh, leave a comment to my YouTube channel if you, if you have a YouTube account. Just saying, hey, I'm from your podcast. Um, I listen. I think it's great. I think it sucks. Whatever. And finally, give me some feedback here on 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 the platform. Five stars or whatever. Rank me. Favorite me or whatever. Because that helps my ranking going forward as well on these different podcast platforms. But again, thanks to li- Thanks for listening. And, and you guys are. I know a lot of my my videos are, are videos. They're they're screen capture or whatever. And, and you guys miss out a bit on charts and stuff. But uh, I do appreciate you guys and and I do uh, you know pay attention to you guys listening. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll 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 get on with this. Uh, podcast. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune, the U.S. debt clock. We all love it. We all hate it. On, on one hand, it's great because it allows us to easily keep tabs on the U.S. government's national debt. It's easily accessible. You can Google U.S. National Debt and one of the top results will probably be the U.S. Debt Clock and for the most part they keep it up to date. It's great. Um, On the other hand it's also kind of a depressing reminder of just how much debt our our nation is in and not just at the national level. They have the national debt up here but they also have things like personal debt, mortgage debt, student loan debt. So, But but, but I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with this. Even if you weren't into precious metals I remember seeing this before I got into precious metals that the U.S. Debt Clock. Um, Now Other than just debt and and talking about GDP and and tax revenue and all that, um, it has quite a bit over here in terms of economic data, as well as some stuff specific to uh, precious metals. I I imagine that whoever created the U.S. debt clock uh, is or was, uh, they're a fan of precious metals, and and they'd probably be a fan of of some sort of a silver or gold, you know, backed currency. Well, anyways, so they have this number down here for both silver and gold, the dollar to silver ratio and the dollar to gold ratio. You know, this is a, a topic that I covered a, a long time ago on my channel, and just very recently I saw that uh, Chris Duane, on his channel, Truth Never Told, put out a video about this. And and you know, this video is not necessarily picking up his saying what I do or don't like, but simply giving my own thoughts on it, because I think there's a lot of, of confusion that remains around this number. Five hundred ninety-eight dollars per ounce of silver. Does that mean silver should be valued at five hundred ninety-eight dollars an ounce? We'll, we'll get into all of that, but I want to clear up some misconceptions in this video today. Um, same thing. Same thing goes for the dollar to gold ratio. So um, it, now, now what's, what's nice about this is they do kind of give you a key as to what this means. And as you can see, you know, up on the top of the screen up here, when I hover over that, it tells me that the dollar to silver ratio that they're referring to $598 per ounce simply refers to the year over year increase in the US M2 money supply. M2 money supply is you know it, it's you know there's there's different measures of money supply um, from from M zero all the way up to M4. Okay. And as you go up from one, M1, two three and four, uh, you you kind of cast a wider net to, to account for what you'd consider Uh, cash and and cash equivalents right and so m2 is kind kind of a happy medium Um, as you get into m3 or m4 you take into account larger less liquid deposits m2 is is mostly things like cash um you know checking accounts um, i think savings accounts and some other things that you'd consider um cash or basically cash equivalents, very liquid forms of, of cash. So that's what M2 is, okay? <clears throat> and we'll, we'll actually come back to that in a little bit, some some statistics from the from the Federal Reserve on this. And then the yearly world production of silver, that's self-explanatory. So that's all it is, okay? This does not mean, and I know people are gonna get upset, it you guys know that I'm as bullish as an expert on silver, right? But this does not mean that silver should be valued at, $588.98 an ounce. I'm sorry, it doesn't. There is no correlation here, right? It's it's an interesting statistic. It's an inter, inter, it's an interesting ratio, but it doesn't mean that silver should be 588 dollars per ounce. And that's a good thing. And and I know what you guys are thinking like, "Why how's that no? How's that a good thing, Matt?" Like because what happens if I don't know, for for a one for a 12-month span, the M2 money supply dropped to zero or actually went negative, right? Um, you, you wouldn't, you know, what, what, what would that mean? Would that mean like the price of, of, of silver is like negative or something like that? Or let's say it dropped from where it is right now to like 1%, okay, 1% year over year growth um, or half percent or 0.1%, you know, whatever this number is right here, it would be much, much lower, okay? Because now you're, you're dividing a much smaller number by, uh, by this yearly production in silver. So, you know, it's it's a good thing that it, this is not the way that you account for for the true price of silver, but but it is a good number to to really think about like this is just how rare silver is compared to paper currency, fiat currency today. You know, it, it shows you 1913 $2.64 per ounce. Okay? I think this tells a tale of both inflation as well as um just just how unpopular silver is today. I mean, look at this: two point six four dollars per ounce. You know, we can do some math on that real quick. Let's do it: five hundred ninety-eight, five divided what? Two point six four. There you go: two hundred twenty-six times more dollars per ounce. Okay. Still, not just inflation, but also um, just how undervalued silver is today, and how underappreciated it is, and, and just how much our our society today is is, is addicted to. Paper currency, paper assets, right? Same thing goes for this gold to, to, to dollar to gold ratio. Again, don't put a ton of stock into it. It's it's an interesting ratio, but that's about it, right? It, gold, silver, uh, especially gold. I mean, I, I don't know. I see gold as hey, this should be much much higher than than just you know just shy of five thousand dollars in the future. Silver, five hundred ninety-eight dollars. Some of you guys would be like, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Other of you guys are thinking like that's not high enough. And and I would agree that's not high enough because I know that that in the future silver is going to be much much higher than five hundred ninety eight dollars an ounce. Now, a lot of it's going to be because of inflation. Let's be real here, but even in a non-inflationary environment, you know, I think silver should be much much higher. And and I can think of scenarios where it could, where it could you know approach numbers like that. It's it's unlikely without a lot of inflation as well. But that's why we have silver in the first place, right? First as a hedge, and then as as some sort of an investment maybe a speculative investment for some of you guys but but i think you know measuring in dollars in the first place you guys know that that yes it's it's what we're stuck with right now to some extent that's how we measure it but in the future we'd love to measure silver in 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 purchasing power terms right um, how many gallons of milk, right? How many ounces of silver per, per house or acre of land or something like that? Um, same thing goes for gold. So um, I just wanted to get that out, talk about this. You know, again, this is a different way of looking at it. This is the M2 money supply uh, as reported by the Federal Reserve. Again, you, you see a ton of growth and a ton of growth here. You know, this, I think, is a lot of, of, of you know, quantitative easing, but but also... I mean, this isn't even quite, quite quantitative easing. I think this is just a lot of different government programs that that you know either a people were, were stocking cash away because they, they were afraid of what's happening in the economy, or b um, other policies to to encourage people to um or, or to to basically put more money in people's pockets over a very short term. Um, but but what you see right here is is you know a lot of volatility in this number. And and you know since two thousand sixteen, the story has been a decline in M two meaning people have less and less cash just hanging around. Now that that could be the topic of a video in and of itself, but you know, you you get what I'm saying here, that, that it's going down and down. And so you know, if we're going to say that 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 that's that this number is, is what silver should be valued at, then then you have to understand that value is going down, down, down for for the time being. So um, I thought you guys would find this interesting. You know, again, this does not take into account um, other forms of money either. Right uh, here is the size of the federal reserve uh balance sheet right um a huge expansion right beginning in 2008 we're coming up on actually the 10-year anniversary of of when this all began a huge expansion another huge expansion another huge expansion qe123 um and and now just say a small tightening just in the last uh year roughly um but you know it doesn't take into account like this i mean this is Let's call it what it is. It's, it's money printing, right? Maybe they don't account for it in something like M two, right? But it is money printing, quantitative easing. They they created money, currency out of nowhere to buy up assets, right? That's money creation. Okay, that's in, in another term is is you know debt monetization when when they're buying U.S. Uh, treasury bonds, right? And yet you don't see the price of silver and gold follow this. I mean, this is also just a story of, of manipulation as well. You know, if we if we zoom out on this. Um, you know this is going back to to 2007 here okay but a huge increase from what was under one million to today over four sorry one million under one trillion to over four trillion today and yet what's what's the story been with with gold and silver since then sorry for the for the pop-ups not 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 really the same story I mean Look at look at back when when quantitative easing started in see here August of 2000 maybe September 2008. You know gold was was around 800 silver was was around uh, let's see here, you know, 13 14 dollars an ounce 12 dollars for for a brief period there and it went down and down, you know around where it is today right you'd expect that that if this followed something like this, or M2 money supply. Which you can you can see in a different way here. You'd expect, here you guys go, that with this type of growth, that you'd see silver and gold grow, at least to keep pace with that. But but you haven't, right? You haven't. You, you silver and gold have. You know, gold's up since then. Silver is not up a whole lot since then. And I mean, again, it's it's manipulation and and as as much as it's just manipulation, it's also people just realizing that like things like this creating a ton of money. Or, or the increase in, in just M two in the first place, or this quantitative easing, um, those things you know there, there's a price to pay for all this, right? There there there's no such thing as a free lunch when it comes to things like monetary policy, and and eventually people will pay a price for that, and and I think silver and gold will be the big beneficiary there. It's it's a uh, you know, it's it's a there should be a correlation between the two, and yet that correlation has been broken for a long time now. But that doesn't mean that it's not always. Uh, that that the correlation no longer exists, or that this divergence means that um, silver and gold shouldn't follow, you know, how much money's in the economy or how much, uh, you know, the value of the U.S. dollar or something like that. It absolutely should. It's just going to take a while to catch up. And you know, the good news is there is is that you know when you have a wide divergence, you know, if silver and gold are relatively undervalued, there's going to be a period of time where they're going to be probably very overvalued. And, and, you know, that's maybe the time to consider selling maybe some of your stack for assets that you'd consider undervalued in that time. Um, you know, and, and, and again, different story right here. This is the S&P 500 beginning in 2008. Okay, you had the dip there. Okay, you had a serious dip here on uh, the crash of, of you know, beginning in 2008, bottoms out at the beginning of 2009. And so quantitative easing has already started here. But since then, you know, you see this huge rise in the S&P 500. Almost in line with with this chart right here, with quantitative easing. Now, again, there's a divergence here because, well, we're in quantitative tightening mode since right around here. So the Fed balance sheet has been going down, and the stock market's been going up. Again, that's going to correct itself, right? And it probably will overcorrect itself at some point. Um, but but you, again, you don't see the same thing with silver and gold, and it's just. You know, part part of it is 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 the effect of quantitative easing. It's not like all this money is going straight to the stock market, but it benefits the stock market. It benefits um, many of the, of the of the wealthy investors and traders that that own things like stocks or or real estate. Um, one final thing I wanted to to cover while we're on the topic of the U.S. debt clock is this uh, page right here. All right. So I, I've had I've received comments on this in the past as well. So precious metal reserves. People will say, because I I talk about, you know, how much silver is there in the world? And my estimate was, you know, maybe an ounce for every person on the face of the planet, maybe something like 8 billion ounces. Uh, An upper estimate, upper level uh, in my range of estimates maybe be 10 billion. But, But even 8 billion might be being generous, right? It could be lower than that, okay? Then I'll have people come on my channel and say, well, you know, the U.S. debt clock says silver reserves actually stand closer to 20 billion ounces. However, I always have to correct them because, it, unfortunately, the U.S. debt clock is just not clear about this. Precious metal reserves refer to ounces in the ground. And and how do I know this? Well, you know, first of all, we, we, we can use a little bit of, of, of common sense with this, Um you could use something like lithium. Okay, there is let's see here, 796 million ounces thus far uh, mined for for lithium in 2018, which which is a decent amount. But you know, lithium's important, but it but it's not you know the be all and all of, of elements or anything like that. Um, if we think that this is above ground reserves, that means that there are 493 billion ounces of lithium just sitting around. That that'd be a huge surplus. Like where. There's no way we're ever going to use that, probably in in our lifetime, right? Uh, If if we account for something like a billion dollar or billion ounce demand each year, we have 493 billion ounces right here. That makes no sense. Um, How about you look at something like iron? Okay, Um, a little over, you know, we're coming up on a 1.5 billion tons. We're out of ounces, we're into tons here for iron. 1.5 billion tons of iron produced thus far. But hey, we have 168 tons billion tons just lying around in warehouses and stuff like that um again that doesn't make sense that like do you realize how much space that would take up and and that, that's just so much iron so much metal especially when you take into account that the same there's the same story for aluminum and, and copper and then all these other metals as well so so no this is just um in ground estimated reserves and another way that we can know this is that the reserves are declining at the same rate that the the mining production is, is going up. So an easy one, a slow one to keep pace uh, or keep track of is gold here. So gold slowly taking up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ounces. And their reserves are going down at the same pace. You can look at something like copper. Very slow. Every time this goes up, this number goes down. So I just wanted to clear that up with you guys as well. Um is is and you know while we're on the topic, is there only twenty billion ounces silver left for for us to mine? No, there's probably much more. I mean that's that that still comes out to roughly 20 years worth of supply. There's probably much, much more, just being honest with you guys. But of course, you guys know the other half of that story. At what price is it economic to, to mine that? And and you know, as these reserves dwindle more and more, proven reserves, um, there's gonna be less and less cheap silver to mine and it's gonna get only more and more expensive. So you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts in this video down below in the comment section. Um, if you like this video, if you like my channel, like, comment, and, and certainly subscribe if you haven't already. But, but as always, I'm just happy to have you guys here watching in the first place. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for, for watching my videos, for, for all you do to, to help out my channel, and God bless.